Thanks, Ray. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's the, um, the uh, really today, this Sunday, is the end of our ministry year. And next Sunday begins September. It begins the time when we launch um, all of our new initiatives for the new ministry year. And um, so to, so to commemorate that special day, um, I decided to dress like Paul Wan today. So if you can see, Paul and I are um, dressed um, unofficially. It's Twins Day today at GRX. Um, Paul, I think you're one of the best dressed people here at GRX. It's great. But seriously, it is our day of transition into the new ministry year. And last year's ministry year theme was faith over fear. And I have to say, as a church community and then as people individually, you guys at GRX, really stepped out in some huge ways. Stepped out in your faith, stepped beyond your fear. And it was really cool to see the different ways that, that you guys grew different ways that we saw God show up in faithfulness. Um, There were people that came out and served with us, served homeless men and women with City Team. They'd never served homeless people before. That was incredible. You guys did that. Uh, A short-term team went internationally to the Philippines. We're continuing to plan. We're planning for that again this year. But again, people that had never traveled or never gone on a mission project went on that. And then you guys as a church really gave uh, very, very generously financially with prayer support. And so you'll hear more at the annual meeting. But our church is in a very, very strong place right now. And thank you for really stepping out in faith, stretching, going beyond your fears, and living into greater courage. So it's been a cool, it's been a cool thing to see. So as we begin the new ministry year, which will start in September, next Sunday is the Jump Up Sunday. So the kids that are moving up in Kid Zone in our Sunday school are going to move up or jump up into their new classes. The budget is going to start next year. Uh, the budget is going to start next week for the new ministry year. And we have a new theme. And in conversation with staff and in conversation with leadership team, Our new theme for this ministry year is wherever you go, wherever you go. And it comes out of Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Being a church, being a community that we want to know God's word and live our lives underneath God's word, our theme comes out of Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And if, Steph, if you could put that on the screen please. Um, this is what Joshua 1, 9 says. This is God speaking to Joshua. And he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, right? Faith over fear. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is omnipresent. God is with you wherever you go. It's easy for us to live our lives compartmentalized. It's easy to live lives that are fragmented. 
And to illustrate this, um, I was going to use my, my set of keys here. And maybe you have a set of keys that are a little bit like this, that kind of represent your life. I mean, you have a key here, and okay, this is my house key, and uh, I have a, a home life, and I have a particular family life. And then, and then here's a key for work, and you know, you go off to work, and you spend a lot of time at work, and that's kind of, this is like your work key, and that's a little separate than your family. And then, and then maybe you've got something like a, a church key, you come on Sunday to GRX, and you kind of are, you know, with this community. And then here I've got, uh, this is my little Prius key. And maybe, you know, you've got like sort of who you are on vacation. You know, you like to travel. And you go around, and, and, and that's separate from work and from church and from home. And they're all separate, and they're all fragmented. All these different bits of our lives. But the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And it would be as if God was like this round part, the key ring. It's that God is the one that connects all of these aspects, all of these fragments, all these compartments of your life together. But when you think about your keys, you don't really pay a lot of attention to the ring Right? You're paying attention to home or work or church or travel or vacation. But the ring is like God in our lives. That it's God is with us when we go to all of these different places. That's our theme for this ministry year. That's our theme, that God is with us wherever you go. And the sense is that even though we might feel like we live fragmented lives, that we might grow as a people to pay more attention to where is God present in the places where we are, at home, at work, at school, with our families. Now, when you think about God being present, God being present with you everywhere, people tend to fall into one, to two, one of two camps. They have sort of an affective feeling about this. If you really think and really realize that God is present with you, you either find incredible comfort in that fact, or it's amazingly alarming to you that God is with me. And you're like, really? That's kind of alarming, that God would see this? And the way I was thinking about it was it's a little bit like, um, well, let me, try, let me try to tell you a little parable. God being present with you, does it create comfort for you and assurance, or does it create fear and worry and anxiety? Here's a little parable. There was a person, and this person was driving down the freeway, and this person was speeding down the freeway, clearly going way too fast above the speed limit. And as they are busting down the freeway, they look in their mirror and they see flashing lights. And they look back and then they get pulled over. That's a situation where the officer, the presence of the officer would be alarming to you because you're going way too fast and there's no comfort there. 
But then in another part of the freeway, there's a second person. And they are speeding down the freeway. And then they crash. And have a really bad accident. And then a third person driving down that freeway pulls over to try to give some kind of aid, some kind of assistance, try to help them. And then in this scenario, they look back, flashing lights. And then you see an officer, one of authority, one of knowledge, one of aid, coming to assist, coming to help. Where is your life? And particularly, your relationship with God. How do you see your life? What scenario most matches your life? And how do you feel about God and God's presence with you? My hope is that as we step into this ministry year and this ministry year theme, that we would grow into an awareness of God's presence with us that we might transform and have our lives be fully His, fully recognizing the real life situation that we are in. That's one of the reasons that we're going to actually be studying the book of Ecclesiastes starting next week. Because Ecclesiastes looks at what is the meaning of life? What is our life about? Where do we derive our meaning? And when we look at that, what we're going to see is that it's very important to recognize that our life is not just here on earth, but our life has an eternal consequence. And so we're going to look at that through the book of Ecclesiastes. What is the meaning of our life? And I think as we go through that book, what we're going to see is that our real situation, our real human uh, dilemma, is much more like the second and third person in the story on the freeway. That really, we are in a situation where we have a great need for God and that God's presence is a great comfort to us. But that's what we'll look at when we study Ecclesiastes starting in September. For today, I want to unpack this passage just a little bit more, the context of Joshua 1, and what are we learning about God and Joshua, and where does this verse come out of? So we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And the way that it begins is this. After the death of Moses. And so we're picking up the story kind of part of the way through. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, you heard Mo preaching on Moses. Mo, by the way, did a great job. I listened, it was fantastic. Yeah, a little woohoo over there. It was great. Mo, you did great. And she talked about Moses, God's call on Moses' life, and how he was fearful, but he stepped out in faith. So what happened was from Mo to now, the preaching, what happened was that Moses was faithful. He went and he, God working through Moses, he rescued all of the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. So they were out of Egypt and they were walking around and God was taking Moses and all of the Israelites to the promised land. 
giving them a new land. However, while they were on the way, Moses and all the people of God, they rebelled. They turned away from God. And so God said, okay, you guys, you're going to march around in the desert. You're going to march around the wilderness until I raise up new people who will go into the promised land. And so what happens is all those people, they die off. Moses dies off. And a new set of people and a new set of leaders emerge to go into the promised land. And that is Joshua and the Israelites. And that's the scene right now. And so Moses, who had been leading the people, and Joshua, who had been kind of a junior leader, now Moses dies, and Joshua comes into his own as the new leader. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, God says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, the Jordan River, you and all this people, into the land that I will show you. Let's see where we are. And giving to them, to the people of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. So Joshua, the new leader of the group, is taking the people into the promised land because in the past, with Moses, they had looked across and they had seen giants in the land. They were afraid to go, so they didn't go in. And that's why they didn't get to go. But now Joshua is taking them in. And then God continues, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, that's the Mediterranean Sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And this is now modern day Israel. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So God is saying to Joshua, Moses is dead. Now lead people into the promised land. Be strong, be courageous, and I will be with you. And then the last three verses of this section say, God's word says, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people, the people, the Jewish people, to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to, the, to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This, the book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. And then here's the last verse which our theme is based on. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So let me give three brief reflections out of this passage where God is speaking to Joshua and what it has in relationship to us as people who continue to follow God and live our lives as people of God. The first reflection is this, that in this passage, there's God's calling. And God is calling 
Joshua into responsibility and into relationship. God is calling into responsibility and into relationship. See, Joshua had been the junior leader. He had been Moses' assistant, but now Moses is dead. And now Joshua has to come into his own. Joshua has to have his own relationship with God. He can't have a vicarious relationship with God through Moses because that's not how God is wanting to relate to him. And I would say that's the same thing for each person that's here. That God's calling is on your individual life. God has a calling on your life. You you can't vicariously have a relationship with God through me. There's a phenomenon that happens, and I kind of laugh about it. Um, And uh, if some of you guys are new here, this is your first time to GRX, hi, nice to meet you. My name's Scott. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, when I'm with a group of people, and people know that I'm the pastor, whenever there's an opportunity to pray, like let's say we're out to dinner with a bunch of people, and like I'm at the table, what happens is, okay, let's pray for the meal, then all eyes turn to me. (laughs) And sometimes if like there's a host, they'll say, hey, Scott, will you pray? Now, now I, it's kind of a joke, and I kind of get this, and, and this happens even my, in my extended family. As soon as I graduated from seminary, all of a sudden, I became the designated prayer-er guy. <laughs> and I laugh, but what I'm trying to illustrate is that, like, everybody, God wants a relationship with you, not vicariously through me, because I can't be with you every single time, 24-7, like, to pray on your behalf. And so, don't worry about it. Like, when, I, when we go out to eat, don't worry about it. I'm happy to pray. I'm happy to pray. So don't be, like, self-conscious about it now to, like, not ask me. But what I'm trying to explain is that God wants a relationship with you. And that's what Joshua has to step into. Joshua has to come to a point where he's like, I am stepping into my relationship with God because Moses is dead. And it's Joshua that needs to step up. And that's what God wants for us, that we would step into our own relationship with him. And here's the second thing, that in this passage, God also gives us instruction. And this, I'm going to read it. It's kind of tricky to kind of flip back and forth between the slides, But God gives Joshua instruction about his word. In verses 7 and 8, it says this. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. We get that in the Ten Commandments. We get that in the Torah. We get that in Scripture. God's commands come to us through scripture. Be careful to do all that is in the law that my, Moses, that my servant Moses commanded. Do not turn from the law from the right hand or to the left hand that you may have good success wherever you go. Then it says this, the, this, the book of the law, God's word, 
shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it, reflect on it, read it, day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know that last phrase, then you will have good success? In other early manuscripts, it says, so that you will make wise choices. Read the book of the law. Know God's word. Study it. Read it. Reflect on it. Meditate on scripture. Yes, so that you'll have good success, but really it's that you may act wisely. That you may act wisely. When we study Ecclesiastes starting next week, Ecclesiastes is in the Old Testament, but it's in a group of books known as the wisdom literature. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job, they're all considered wisdom books. So when we look at this and we're going to be studying it, meditating on it, reflecting on it, we read God's word so that we may act wisely. So God's instruction, God's instruction to Joshua, I think it's God's instruction to us. To act wisely, to have good success, we need to be reading and beneath God's word. We need to meditate, we need to reflect on God's word. So that's the second thing, God's instruction. The first thing is God's calling, a calling into responsibility and relationship. Second thing is God's instruction, be mindful of God's word. And the last thing is God's assurance. And this is what we get again in this passage. We, it's not only for Joshua, but this theme that God is with you is a theme that comes up again and again and again in Scripture. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. To illustrate this, I'm going to frighten you right now. Get ready to be frightened. Okay? I'm going to look for two volunteers. And I'm going to ask you to open up your Bible. And I'm going to ask you to turn to uh, one of two passages of of Scripture. And then I'm going to ask you to stand up where you are. And Winnie will bring the mic over. And I'll ask you to read it for us. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. This is a really, like, welcoming community. This is a really great church. Like, people are not going to judge you. Even if you stumble over the words, don't worry about it. There's a real wideness. If you listen to me read Scripture this morning, I stumbled over all kinds of words. If you're feeling a little sleepy right now, in one second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Okay? This is bring you in, right? Be strong and courageous. If you're feeling frightened right now, Here's an opportunity to step into faith over fear. We're finishing up the ministry year right now. So one passage is John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. So I'd like someone to look that up, please. I'm going to call on you in just a second. John 14, verses 15 to 16. The second passage is Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 9. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 9. 
The first passage, John 14, 15 and 16. And the second passage, Psalm 139, 7 to 9. Okay. Be strong and courageous. And these are passages in Scripture that just illustrate how important it is for God's presence to be with us. The first passage comes out of John 14. It's the upper room discourse. It's where Jesus is with his disciples. He's about to go to the cross, but before he goes to the cross, he wants to share these final instructions with them. And so John 14, verses 15 to 16. Can I see a hand of somebody who's willing to read that for us? John 14, 15 to 16. Be strong and courageous. I gave two minutes and 45 seconds to ramp it up so that somebody could do that. All right, go ahead. I'm going to walk out here because this always freaks people out when I do this. It's called breaking the glass, right? I'm going to walk all the way out here. I'm going to especially come to the back here because all these people back here, I know you guys, I see you, I'm going to sit back here. All right, so does somebody have this passage, John 14, 15 to 16? Who's got that? Okay, Daniel's got that. Daniel, could you stand up and read that, please? John 14, 14, 15, 16. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I will give you another advocate. Thank you, Daniel, for doing that. I will give you another advocate to be with you forever. I will give you... You know, it's actually good that Jesus is not with us because he sent the Holy Spirit, God's presence, to be with us all the time. Jesus goes on in that same passage to say, these things I've spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all I have said to you. He will give you another to be with you forever. The Lord God is with you wherever you go. Just by the Holy Spirit. Okay, the second passage, Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10. 139, 7 to 10, who's got that? You guys are safe because I'm going to walk over here. Okay, who's got that? Psalm 139, 7 to 10. Ah, scary. He's coming so close to me. Andrew and Farika, good to see you guys. All right, who's got that passage? Who's got that? Be strong and courageous. Guys, I'm not asking you to stand up and read this at work. I'm not asking you to stand up and read this cubicle at work. Okay, thank you. Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will, sh- will hold me fast. Thanks, Shelley. Thanks for doing that. All right. Be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In your bulletin, you've got something. Um, Did I bring my bulletin up here? I left my bulletin on the chair. In your bulletin, you've got something that's, um, thanks, um, a blue sticky note. And actually, if you look closely, you have two of those. 
And uh, could, could the next slide come up, please? Um, what you've got is, it says God is here. And um, okay, that's all right. Um, it's, uh, there's two, because what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take these home. And what I'd like these to be for you is I'd like them to be reminders for you that God is present wherever you go. Which means that you would take one and you would put one at work and you would take the other sticky note and you'd put it at home. Put it at a place where you see it. Maybe your bathroom mirror, something like that at home. And then maybe at work, and you stick it up next to your computer or up your screen, uh, next to your screen or something like that. It's the idea that God is here. That our lives are not fragmented. That our lives are not all separated like so many keys. But that God is present and that God is with us. And so I hope that you'll take these. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it, I get it. No, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I am absolutely serious. Like every bulletin has them. Please take them home. Please put them up. And just see what the Holy Spirit might be wanting to do in your life as you become more aware of his presence in the places that you are. All right, let me pray for us. God, I thank you that you are present with us wherever we go. That we don't have to be afraid, that we can be strong and courageous because you are the one who loves us. And God, I pray that as a church that we might get that more and more, that we might really know that we know that we know that you love us and that our assurance and our worth and our value is not in the stuff that we buy or not in the job that we get, but that our assurance and our worth comes from you, the God who loves us. So God, we give you thanks that you love us and that you're with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.